The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hi, folks. I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan. If you'd like hearing knock-knock jokes or jokes about your grandmother, go somewhere else! Oh! oh my god, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man, what's going on? We ready to go, or what? Okay. This is a uh, special visitor, the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. It was a very rough feud to go through with Rick. It was a very bitter feud, too. He certainly didn't like me at that time, and I didn't like him, and we were both trying to be at the top. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid up, they knew they could kick the out of me. At this point, well, I'll be at a signing, and little kids will come up to me and throw up the click sign or talk about, oh, your ladder match with Sean at WrestleMania 10. And I go, wait a minute. You weren't even a glimmer in your dad's eye. But yeah, bro, it's really flattering and, and amazing and humbling. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two change was necessary. Peking, rolling scroll up, one, two feet on the road, three! What? I mean, let's go back to this time last year, right? And it's TV title time! Just came off The Bachelorette, I was wide-eyed, I was happy to go back to wrestling and and, and, and do all those things and just be be the, the, the best wrestler I could be, and, and I did that. Kenny King able to do it, TV star all across the world. Representing Ring of Honor as the TV champion. I beat Kushida for the World Television Championship. In my hometown, no less. I mean, I was on a roll, man. New suits, new Gucci watches. <laughs> I mean, you thought it was you thought it was ill before. It's serious. It's twice as ill now. I'll be honest, I don't know if he's gonna hit him with the and there he puts it down. Oh, kicks in the midsection. And you know who's gonna hit him on the oh, outside? Oh. Brave Buster! Austin Aries will all Day long. I wanted everybody to know that I was ready. I wanted everybody to know that I was no longer the grasshopper, I was no longer the disciple, that I'm the damn master. And I had him, yo, I had him. I should have, I could have beat Austin Aries. He could have hit that royal flush on the outside, but now Austin Aries hugging out of that bottom rope. You gotta be dirty to play, you gotta even be dirtier to win. Let's take a look, shall we? 16 time world champion, Rick. Flair. You know what else they call him? The dirtiest player in the game. Everybody loves Ric Flair. He's the dirtiest player in the game, man. 
So if you had to be the dirtiest player to win the championship 16 times, well, how grimy do I have to be to win it once? I don't get why the center stage Atlanta crowd here is booing him. Well, Marty was literally about to cheat. He was and cheating the whole match. Right. Don't get it twisted, man. I'm not, I'm not a bad guy. I didn't do what I did to Marty Skrull because I'm a bad guy. I'm not going to turn into a bad guy. But if I got to do more, if I got to do what it takes to beat a guy, then I'll do that too. Now I got options. And options are good. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. This is the flagship episode of part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. I am JP John Paz, and today on the Pazcast, we have none other than the K-I-N-G King. Yes, that's right. Kenny King joins the show, the former ROH World Tag Team Champion, the former two-time ROH World Television Champion, and of course, the two-time former TNA X Division Champion. You may see him all over the place in Ring of Honor today, all over Sinclair Broadcasting, even on ROHWrestling.com or the Honor Club. You'll Right now, you'll see him with La Faction Ignorable with Roosh and Dragon Lee, part of his new stable in Ring of Honor. And it's quite a damn stable with two really, really underrated, great Mexican stars. Of course, Roosh can't be too underrated as he is the current Ring of Honor World Champion. Love this faction, love this uh, trio, and they will continue to add more to the group. We go through not only current day Ring of Honor, we talk about the pandemic, how to stay in shape, what he's been doing. We talk about the ROH bubble, his plans on the Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Championship Tournament. If he wants to enter, if he's not going to enter, we'll talk about that in the interview as well. We'll also talk about his best of three with Jay Lethal, which was three tremendous matches. And Jay Lethal is an absolute Ring of Honor legend. So to be able to keep up with him is great. And he gives us a great analogy of kind of what MVP thought about Chris Benoit. It's kind of what Kenny King thinks about Jay Lethal. I thought that was a great comparison there with those guys. they all, We also talk about a great kind of series of tag team matches that they had when they were the All Night Express, him and Red Titus, the, the chemistry they had, but we talk about some great series of matches with the Young Bucks, the Kings of Wrestling, the American Wolves, Haas and Benjamin, and the great feud with the Briscoe Brothers. We'll talk about him winning the tag team titles at Best in the World. We'll talk about the maybe the most shining moment of his career when he won the television title in his hometown of Las Vegas in front of his daughter and he beat the legendary Kushida. We'll also talk about some other great matches that he had, Jushin Thunder Liger, the Honor Rumble, the X Division Championship match against Rob Van Dam. I mean, we will run through the gamut. We'll talk about all that good, fun stuff. Now, as far as TMPT and the TMPT Empire is concerned, you can, of course, Follow us on TMPTEmpire.com and at Two Man Power Trip on Instagram and on Twitter. Check out the latest with Dr. Tom. Yes, Dr. Tom Pritchard's taking you to school, which is on the TMPT feed. Check out University of Dutch with Dutch Mantel, which is on the MLW Radio Network. You can check out Kevin Sullivan's Taskmaster Talks, which is on the Creative Control Network. You can also check out Shane Douglas's Triple Threat Podcast, which is available on Vince Russo's The Brand. And of course, Rick Bassman's Talking Tough, which is available on the Podcast One Network. Also, uh, just incredible, we now have a, a new 
and improve the Pro Wrestling 101 podcast slash YouTube series with him, which you can also find on Vince Russo's YouTube channel. Soon to be launching via podcast as well. And then look out for Trump Mania, which will be part of the publisher's desk coming out very, very soon. So the TMPT Empire is alive and cooking. But let's send it on over to some TMPT business and then on over to the interview with the former ROH World Tag Team Champion, two-time television champion. His name is the K-I-N-G King. Yes, Kenny King. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Two Man Power Trip and at Raslin Pal. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Check out the feed for awesome past episodes, including Bruno San Martino, Sean Michael, Dusty Rhodes, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, Goldberg, Ray Mysterio Jr., Arn Anderson, Glenn Kane Jacobs, and so many more. While you're on the web, visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit our store, visit J.J. Dillon's store, Francine's store, and of course, the franchise Shane Douglas' store. For all you Android users out there, find us on Google Play and Player FM. For all you iOS users, check us out on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Automatic, and now Stitcher. And of course, check out the Empire. Yes, that is the TMPT Empire now. TMPTEmpire.com for all the latest and greatest on the two-man power trip of wrestling. on the line right now is a former two-time Ring of Honor television champion as well as a Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion and a former two-time TNA X Division Champion. He is, of course, the K-I-N-G 
Kenny King. Kenny, welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, I tell you what, John, that was pretty good. I'm going to allow you for you to take Bobby Cruz's job. <laughs> All right, nice, nice. Uh, he does have an awesome voice, but I, I'll take that compliment for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So what has been going on with you lately? I feel like, uh, you know, obviously uh, pandemic, COVID, it is so much kind of, uh, you know, negativeness uh, involved with that. But I feel like uh, maybe things are opening back up. What's been going on in your world? Uh, well, you know, uh, I've just been hanging out. Uh, I've just been just kind of just like everybody else, you know. It's, it's For the first couple of months, it was like Groundhog Day. And then I kind of forgot what day it was. And then uh, as things have kind of come around, um you know, especially like I, I've got uh, two kids, so school's getting ready to start. So, you know, uh, there's some sense of normalcy about to kick back in. Uh, you know, and everybody just kind of wait and see what happens. So, you know, you just got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Good point. Very true. Have you been able to, like, you know, stay in shape and do all those other things? Because obviously, you know, gyms and stuff aren't open. So how do you kind of stay in shape and are you been able to stay in shape? Well, at first, you know, uh, when it first happened, I was doing the whole, okay, I'm going to work out at home. And, you know, I was doing home workouts with my kids and whatnot. But then, you know, I was, you know, 30 days, went to 45 days. And then I decided I was going to eat everything in my house uh, for, you know, for a little while. I think everybody went through that. But uh, as it's kind of been narrowing down, uh, the gyms in Vegas opened up um, a little while ago. So as it's been kind of uh, you know, summer's been kind of over. It's, I've, I've decided that maybe I should get myself back in shape. So I've been staying back. I've been staying in shape and eating good the last, uh, you know, last month or so of quarantine after maybe giving myself a month to balloon. Now, ROH is talking about making the return. Obviously, you can find more information at ROHwrestling.com for, you know, more details and stuff. But are, are you into this ROH bubble? Are you excited that Ring of Honor is making a return very soon? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm very excited that, uh, you know, f- for our fans, for, for us, I think that it's been proven that, you know, the, the, the empty arena shows, they are doable, uh, and, uh, and it is a viable way to provide our fans content that they, that they deserve and they want. So uh, I'm very excited to get back to work. It's one of the reasons why I was excited to kind of get back in shape because I knew that, you know, sooner or later this was going to happen, and, and I'm excited to, uh, you know, just bring our fans some fresh things and, and just kind of see where we can go from here and get get the ship moving and just, uh, you know, what, like I said, some kind of normalcy, just kind of continue to push back uh, against, um, you know, however long this, this whole thing takes, um, just kind of restoring just, uh, just, just some kind of content to our fans. I feel like with the Honor Club, if you go to ROHWrestling.com, that is a great way to get content, but everyone always wants new, fresh content, fresh storylines. I mean, this is perfect to be able to do this. What do you think about, empty arena shows and, and shows with no crowd. Is that hard for you? I mean, you've been wrestling for, you know, quite a while and you were used to live reaction. So what's that kind of thought? Well, this will be my first time ever, right? Um, I, I can remember watching it the first couple of times and not really liking it because, you know, let's be real, the, the, the lifeblood of pro wrestling is its fans and, and the reactions and the, the, the live energy that, that the fans bring to the product, especially in Ring of Honor, is, uh, is, is like nowhere else. So uh, I'm a little nervous, um, but, you know, I think that once it comes down to the come down, you know, you, you focus in and you go to work, and, and uh, my job is to, is to create, uh, create a spectacle in the ring, and that's what I'm going to do, uh, just have to do it for the fans at home. They have announced that they're going to have the pure title that's going to be making its return. 
have you decided if you're uh, going to jump ship and be in the pure title tournament or not, or, or is this uh, not really announced as of yet? I mean, what, what are your plans as far as a pure title? Uh, my plans are not to tell anybody my plans. My plans mm. uh, as the, the, the United States, uh, uh, how do I say it? It's the United States outpost of uh, La Faction and Golden uh, I think our plans are, are pretty clear. We want everything. We want the entire. We we, we want to take everything. So, um, as far as that's concerned, I, I think everybody will just be have to see what happens, if and when it happens. Nice. And I always have a problem pronouncing La Faction Ignorable. I mean, I don't know why. I always feel like I have a problem pronouncing it, but uh, definitely one of those things hard to pronounce. But great group with uh, Roosh involved with you guys. Is that uh, just a great stable? If you you know just just looking at it, just even name value wise, but obviously in the ring too, a great little stable you're putting together there. Well, I think that the best the the, the best stables and the best um, groupings of people are organic, right? Uh, so uh, it's something that kind of happened organically, um, and uh, you know, from from our meetings down in Mexico to kind of just getting the chance to be around each other here in Ring of Honor, and uh, just the star power alone between myself, Rush, and Dragon Lee uh, is is astronomical. But we're starting to kind of put it together as a squad, and once we really do that, once we really gel and click uh and then it's 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 going to be lights out and once we we've been kind of had our our eyes on some some new members eyes on some some expansion uh maybe in different territories so uh we are always thinking about not just taking over our spot but your spot her spot his spot everybody's spot what do you think about this you know kind of the mexican takeover if you will obviously you're involved with it but dragon lee who somehow is underrated even though he's unbelievable roosh is obviously great as well but somehow underrated do you think a little bit of a uh, you know obviously with cmll on board with ring of honor feeling a little bit of a you know mexican takeover well i think that it's that's the deal uh now with with pro wrestling is uh you get to see now that pro wrestling isn't just United States. It isn't just from England, Mexico, Japan. I think what people are starting to realize is that the best companies have the best mix of all of these styles. And, uh, you know, for the longest period of time, you know, they're the, some of the greatest wrestlers in the world, are, you know, were from Mexico, but they kind of, you know, you only really heard about the Eddies or the Rays. But, um, you know, there's, there's so many guys coming out of, uh, out of Mexico that are phenomenal. Uh, and Ring of Honor has always been about showcasing international talent. So I think that our partnership with CMLL, uh, it, it's, you know, everything happens at, at the right time and, and you know, for, the, for a reason. And our partnership with CMLL happened to come at a time that all of this talent was just ready to be seen. And we scooped up, you know, how they do Roosh, Dragon Lee, uh, we have Bandito, who is said amazing and underrated some kind of way. So we we have all of the top guys that you would uh, that you would want to see that you could see down in Mexico. We happen to have them in Ring of Honor. What do you think about Maryland being uh, you know the, obviously the home base? You guys being able to come together, get in the bubble, and do some tapings in Maryland. Something you're looking forward to getting out there? Is this something long overdue? You know, what what are the thoughts on that? I, I'm ready to I'm ready to go back to work. Uh, I haven't been on an airplane in five months, so I'm ready to kind of resume what my life is like. You know, I, I'm ready to get back in the ring. And I think that it, one of the better things about this is that Maryland has one of the strictest athletic commissions in the entire United States. So uh, it, it's one of the ways I think not only is it our home base, it kind of makes it uh, convenient, but 
Um, Maryland is going to make sure that everybody is, all, all of these guidelines and all of the safety regulations are followed to the T. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, then that's something that we're all taking uh, personal pride in just to make sure that, you know, we can continue to do this. We don't want to, you know, have, you know, like a, a Lou Williams situation where someone leaves to go get chicken wings at a strip club and messes the whole situation up. Uh, <laughs> we we, we want to keep this uh, a, you know, we want to make this a professional situation so we can continue to do it. How do you feel the way St. Clair Broadcasting and, you know, Joe Cobb, how do you think about the way they've handled it so far with, you know, no wrestling and they weren't going to return until it was as safe as possible? Do you think, you know, with AEW and WWE continually running, you think that was the, the best way to handle it and the most professional way to handle it? Well, I think it's those ways. I mean, yeah, you can, you can look at it. Uh, I, I think it's both the things that you said, rather. You can look at it as, oh, well, we're getting, you know, AEW's putting out content, WWE's putting out content, and you don't want to get left behind. Um, and there is that mindset, but, you know, these guys have, um, really shut it down and is really looking us in the face, not as employees, but as family members, like, Hey, look, uh, we're not going to put you guys at risk until we're, we're convinced and we're, we are, uh, sure that the risk is, is minimal. And I, I can only respect that. You know, they don't treat us like, like pawns on a chessboard. They treat us as though we are actual human beings that they care about, that we just happen, you know, we have a working relationship. And, you know, I don't know how, uh, how the, the, the guys at WWE or the guys at AEW feel about, you know, continuously running shows. I'm sure they enjoyed it, uh, you know, to, to continue to work. But, uh, I have nothing but respect for Joe Call, nothing but respect for Sinclair for saying, hey, not only are we going to uh, make, you know, we're not going to do this until it's safe, we're also going to pay everybody and everyone to make sure that nobody misses a paycheck. So that's that's a class organization. That is one of the things that's like eyebrow raising. is like, wow, they paid everybody, even though technically they weren't working. I mean, that is, that is just uh, definitely great. I mean, that just, just, just read that headline or just look at that. You're like, wow, that's unbelievable. I can't well, I believe think, that. I think, you know, before all of this, uh, it was kind of uh, a, I don't know, it was a pastime. It was, it was a cool thing to do, just a dog. You know, and because there had been some issues with, you know, ROH and Sinclair, uh, any of that, uh, any of that scrutiny that we had before just to show what kind of company this is. Yeah, I feel like with this and, and them kind of taking the precautions with the bubble and everything else, it seems like, you know, on paper, everything that they're doing is doing, you know, obviously for, for everybody in the company, but they're doing the, the right thing. Because, you know, not to say anything bad about WWE or AEW, but, I mean, they were getting some negative press, you know, for kind of, quote, unquote, putting people in danger and, and running these shows no matter what. So, I mean, there was some negative press out there for sure. Well, yeah, people were getting it. You know what I mean? They they, mm-hmm. they went on business as usual. They had a whole bunch of my friends uh, that got it, and uh, you know, and that's just kind of what happens when you when you do that, whether it was good or bad or, or in between. You know, that's for other people to decide. But the fact remains is that people did get it in that environment when they were working. So, and nobody here did, and so that's just what it is. So when I think about you and Ring of Honor, like recently, lately, I think about the best of three versus Jay Lethal, who's one of the greats and one of the greats in Ring of Honor history, for sure. One of the longest running champions. I mean, he's won all the gold. What are your kind of thoughts looking back at that three-way match or that three-match series that you had with Jay Lethal? Well, I think I don't think you can understate uh, what a great champion uh, what a great wrestler, you know what I mean, what an ambassador that Jay Lethal has been for Ring of Honor. Um, 
so you know that that's you, you can't really say enough about the guy when it comes to his accolades. So that's just kind of from from a fan's point of view. From a wrestler point of view, you look at a guy like that and you want to measure yourself up and see how you stack up. Because if you want to consider yourself uh, one of the best in the world, then you have to use guys that are, are legitimately the best in the world as a measuring stick. So for me, it was uh, it was all about that for me. It was all about showing not just myself, not just Jay Lethal, but the world that um, – you know, not only am I uh, am am I at that caliber, Jaylee's caliber. I've been here for a while. Maybe you just didn't see it. So um, it was just it was something for me. Uh, it was very uh, it was one of my prouder moments because it was. Uh, I had a conversation with MVP about it, and he was like, you know, that was your, you know, his his Benoit moment, his Benoit his Benoit moment where he had, you know, he had to wrestle Chris Benoit and. He had to prove that he was on the level of one of the guys who, you know, was one of the greatest to ever do it. So uh, it's I looked at it very similarly to to show everybody that, you know, Kenny King is not only is Kenny King here, but he's been here. That is a kind of a great comparison. You think about it because you know, Benoit easily is one of the best ever. We're talking about just in ring, obviously, going to focus on that. Right. Just one of <laughs> one of the best ever. Easily one of the best ever to do it. No Probably, zero questions. Zero yeah, questions about that. Arguably top five workers ever. Some people might say top three workers ever. So we're like, wow, can you get in the ring? Can you prove with him and Jay Lethal, who you could say is the top five ROH, you know, worker ever? Can you do it? So that, I mean, that is a great comparison. I never even thought about that. That's great. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was just, it was, that's that's one of my guys that I bounced a lot of stuff off of. So, um, yeah, I thought it was it was a pretty good comparison, too. Is he a mentor for you? Like, you know, not just wrestling, but life as well. Is he a guy? Because it seems like, you know, he's been through a lot. He's been in the wrestling business for a while. He's been at the top, you know, of WWE. He's been gone from WWE. And he's returned. I mean, is he one of those guys you look to as a mentor in wrestling and in life? Yeah, absolutely. He is. Uh, I mean, he's he's my big brother. He's, I, he's my, I'm his little brother. That's that's what he have, that's how he introduces me to people. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things that when we first started working together, uh, and I tell the story like I was nervous because our characters kind of occupy some of the same space, um, but um, we so much as people and, and that uh, that it just kind of, I mean, it amplified the space that both of our characters lived in, if that makes any sense. And, mm-hmm. and that's in, uh, that's just not even like just in wrestling, that's in life. Like we've, we've, uh, we've helped each other. We've, we've, we've been there for each other in so many different ways. And he's definitely a guy that, um, you know, in, in a business where and you kind of keep your, your acquaintances, whatnot, he's definitely somebody who uh, is way more than a friend. He's, he's like family to me. Do you watch him on the just current uh, TV kind of killing it right now as, as far as, you know, not only wrestling, but really being the, the voice, uh, you know, with obviously Lashley and Benjamin, but he's kind of the guy that's helping these other guys get over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I, I I keep my I keep uh, I keep an eye out. I'm very happy for what they're doing there. Uh, you know, I get I get lots of uh, lots of traffic on the internet, and you know, hear lots of comparisons uh, between their group and our group, and and I don't I don't hear any of that. I'm happy for everybody that is successful. I'm happy for Bobby. I'm happy for Shelton. Happy for MVP. Um, it is. It's he he's he's undeniable. When you become undeniable and you do, and you're given an opportunity, this is exactly what happens. I feel like 
MVP is definitely like one of those underrated guys. And but you know the guys behind the scenes know it. You know what I mean? Like maybe the fans might consider him underrated, but the guys behind the scenes see his value. Being a producer, an agent, a wrestler, a manager, um, the mouthpiece. I mean, he's he brings so much to the dance, and uh, such a great talker, smooth in the ring. But I feel like behind the scenes too, he's kind of invaluable. He's just a smart guy. He's a smart guy all the way around. He understands the business. He understands people. And uh, and you know he understands how to make money. And when you have those three things, uh, those those are very important skills to have. As far as you and just going back to like your Ring of Honor career, I remember you basically you, know, you debuted all the way back. If you think about it, thirteen years ago, two thousand seven. I mean, where where does all the time go? Right. But but you know you're really debuting. And you're kind of thrown into the fire against Brian Danielson, who is you know the the king of ROH really, and probably the best if if not top five. ROH superstars ever. Is that huge pressure coming in and kind of, you know, okay, you know, you're going to throw me out there with Brian Danielson. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, at the time I just, you know, I've been working with FIP and uh, FIP was um, Ring of Honor's kind of sister company, kind of feeder company at the time down in Florida. And Gabe had been down there and Gabe was really, really high on me. Um, and then I'd look at it as two things. I was looked at it as, well, shoot, I, I'm <laughs> Brian Danielson. But then I looked at it and the way that I still look at things like that, like, well, if this is the kind of challenge that I have in front of me, then I need to go ahead and step up to it. Uh, and that was pretty much my. Uh, the, the the measuring stick on whether I was going to be able to make it in Ring of Honor, and that's how Ring of Honor was, and it's, it still is. It's it's guys that are are who who think they're the best from where they come from, and they come to show everybody else that they're the best. So uh, to have me and throw me in there, that my mentality at the time was I'm gonna try to out wrestle. I'm a, I'm gonna show Brian Danielson who's 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 the king here, and and I you know watching the match back, I think it came out pretty good. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I love kind of as you're going through and when you and Red Titus started team, that's when you kind of, I mean, obviously great, but for some reason like that, that team always stuck out to me, the all night express, just because you guys had this great chemistry together. Rhett was kind of one of those guys where he maybe needed your personality a little bit to, to shine. You know what I mean? It kind of, you guys played off each other very well. What did you think about teaming with Rhett and the chemistry of the all night express? Well, you know, it was one of those things that it didn't, me and Rhett weren't, uh, best friends off the bat. <laughs> we weren't really thrilled about teaming with each other at first, but I think it was one of those things that uh, inside of the ring, after a while, the chemistry became undeniable. Like, okay, well, our timing, our chemistry was good. And then that kind of translated to outside of the ring. We became best friends. And um, and I think that was we uh, our relationship inside of the ring maturing and and it just made our relationship in or outside rather made our relationship inside the ring just that that much better because uh we've always had chemistry as friends but in the ring it just it's that cliche of you know where one guy knows where the other guy is at all times and we really really had that we really really had the fans our our personalities were unique but the same and uh you know people really took to it the all night express was it was uh, it was definitely one of my favorite times in my career because it was we were the it we were the it kids right we had whatever it was we had it and it was at a time that there were seven of the greatest tag teams in the world also in, in the tag division and we were getting uh, we were getting our, our recognition so um, all night express was the shit no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And you're right. Oh my God, the the young bucks are there at that point. The Briscoe brothers. 
Haas and Benjamin. I mean, the tag team division at, at that point, people always say, which is funny, like, uh, you know, the writers in wrestling table, oh, today AEW is great tag division. You go back and you look at that time period, man, that is a stacked tag team division in Ring of Honor. Absolutely. American Wolves, Kings yep. of Wrestling, the Briscoes, the All Night Express, um, the world's greatest tag team, uh, you know, the Bucks. You don't, you don't get... Uh, a, a squad like that, or, or a, just a round that round, well-rounded tag team uh, division like that, very often, and especially if you're the young guys, you're not going to get uh, any attention unless you're pretty good. So that's what we did. So when you guys win the tag titles from Haas and Benjamin at Best in the World 2012, does that mean a lot to you? You know, as fans, it, it to us like, oh, it's a huge deal. You know, you've beaten the, not only Haas and Benjamin, but Ring of Honor tag team titles and, and anything in Ring of Honor usually kind of sticks out to a lot of the, the fans, especially the hardcore fans. It means something. So does that mean something to you as the wrestler? Absolutely. Um, like that's, yeah, That just kind of culminates everything I just said, right? Like we, uh, we're the young guys and we're the, the underdogs in, in, in this division and we had to fight and claw and, and, you know, weekend after weekend, show after show, um, have to have to have the best match of the night uh, in the Kings of Wrestling and the Briscoes of Wrestling. You know what I mean? So um, having to really, really, really focus and grind and then, and then have a, a few a bloody feud war with the Briscoes um, and then, you know, have the culmination of it being, you know, beating Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Or Shelton Benjamin, it's, it's always been a dream singles match of mine, and God knows why that never happened. But uh, just to be able to do those kind of things, um, it meant, I mean, it, 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 and be able to do it with Rhett. Like, we looked at each other and we were like, yo, we were the underdogs. We were the, <laughs> the, the, the low dudes on the totem pole, you know what I mean? The absolute job boys, and look where we are. So it, it it meant a whole lot for us to do that after everything we've been through. Now you said like they, they'll test you, they'll kind of throw you out there to have that kind of feud with the Briscoes and really kind of get over with that. Was that kind of like them saying, okay, they passed this test. Now, you know, they're worthy of getting the, the gold eventually. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a series of tests, right? It's a series of, uh, <clears throat> Okay, you did this now. It's kind of what wrestling is. Okay, you did this now. Okay, now what's next? Now can you do this? So, you know, having that feud with the Briscoes was really like, okay, if you can hold your own with, just like Brian Danison, you know, that's the king of the singles division. The Briscoes are the best tag team uh, on planet Earth in any company, in any pro wrestling company anywhere. Okay, so uh, to be, a, if you can get through that, then yeah, you you you've proven that you can that you belong on top of the division, and I feel like we did. Now you eventually get stripped of the titles, and you kind of you know you get released. You go to TNA. What was the whole situation? You just basically you were working without a contract. You left, you know, quote unquote greener pastures. Well, I mean, the 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 basic situation was that uh, my deal was coming up, and I had more or less. Uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I felt that I had the ability to uh, and earn the right to kind of test my my um, my my worth on the on the on the free agent market. You know, hey, what 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 am I worth here? Can I go here? Can I do this? I just wanted to see. I wasn't necessarily that I was uh, looking to go anywhere, but I'd earned the right. I feel like after four or five years of being there, to at least see what what I was worth. And um, you know, my contract was up, and these things were happening, and it. Uh, 
I never saw, I mean, the the whole the whole lie behind it was that I signed, a, uh, I did a handshake agreement that I wasn't going to do anything or any kind of bullshit like that. The whole bottom line was that uh, I said, hey, look, the the idea was presented to me. Well, listen, you can go, you can you know, you can talk to anybody. We'll sign an extension. You can talk to anybody you want, but you just can't really. Uh, can't really, you know, do any business or show any numbers and whatnot. And, you know, I didn't really understand what that meant. And when I went home and talked to my lawyer about the shit, he was like, well, then you might as well just sign a full up, a whole nother contract because you're not, you're not a free agent if you sign an extension. So that's kind of where that went south. And I wasn't going to do that. And I had offers, you know, and, and conversations with both companies, you know, WWE wanted me to go to NXT and, um, you know, obviously the TNA offer was there. Um, and it just came down to the fact that uh, after I just didn't, it just wasn't. Uh, it was more more beneficial for me and my family to uh, to take the shot at TNA, and I didn't do anything that I felt was disrespectful. I was in communication uh, the entire time, uh, but my my contract was up. And if you have, if, if and I'm the champion, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm glued to, like, glued to my seat, especially when there's money on the line. So um, I, the, I felt like everything that I did was based off of uh, was based off of good faith. And if the fact of the matter is, if I had done dirty business, I'd never be sitting back in a Ring of Honor Ring of Honor locker room right now. So you know, business is business, and uh, it wasn't necessarily the pastures were grass was greener. The pastures were 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 anything. Uh, there was just better. It was better opportunity than the one that I was sitting on, and that's pretty much what happens. Business is business. Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. And you do return in you know 2015, so it's not like you know there's there's heat or anything. It's like crazy. Oh, I mean, yeah. right? You mean you, you had your run in TNA, like I said before, two-time X Division champion, had some you know great matches and, and some great runs there. But when you return to Ring of Honor, I think them having that deal with new Japan and you guys being able to work with them, I feel like that stepped everybody's game up. Am I right? It just seemed like everybody kind of was at a different level because they're working with the new Japan guys. Oh, I mean, look, look at the new Japan guys, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. And then that's, that's what I love about this locker room. Everybody in the locker room has that same mentality. If you have these guys who are world renowned for their skill and their athleticism and the way that they're just amazing wrestlers, uh, nobody's going to come here in our backyard and I'll wrestle us. So I figured that everybody just took that as a personal challenge. Like if these guys are going to come over here and we're going to have these joint shows, then the ring of honor end of this is going to be just as strong as the new Japan end. So really, you winning the title, kind of, I guess, in your hometown, really, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Death Before Dishonor, and you beat Kushida, one of the most underrated and one of the best wrestlers, really, in in the game. Was that, you know, a great moment? Not only, you know, obviously, big pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor, you're going to win a singles title in in Ring of Honor, but beating Kushida and doing it in Las Vegas. I mean, what else can I say about that, right? Like, Kushida <laughs> is the man. Kushida, just watching Kushida wrestling is almost like when you say, this is what you're supposed to, this is what it's supposed to look like, right? And um, no matter who's wrestling big, small, fast, not so fast, whatever style, Kushida is always razor sharp. So, not only to beat one of the top wrestlers on the planet, because at that point he was not only Ring of Honor TV champion, he was also IWGP Junior Heavyweight champion. 
So he is certified at that point. And then to do it in my hometown um, in front of my daughter, uh, that's the, you know, this is, this is the job, right? And, and <clears throat> I don't remember who I wrestled on September 17, 2008, or, you know, any of that stuff. But uh, when I'm, when it's all said and done, being able to have my daughter in the ring with me and raising a championship over my head is something that I'll never forget. Yes, what a huge moment. Obviously, the, the family thing, beating Kashida, it all kind of culminated in quite a, a huge moment for you. Would you say that's like the, the top moment in Ring of Honor for you? I mean, can it can it get better really than that? Or as of right now, is that the top uh, moment for you in Freaking winning the, winning the Honor Rumble uh, in Madison Square Garden and mm-hmm. throwing out Jushin Thunder Liger and the Great Buddha. That's kind of, I think that's number one. I think that's pretty that was uh, quite a moment as well. Very shocking. Or is that just, you know, also for the fact that, the, you know, it was like shocking that it happened? That also adds to it as well, obviously being the biggest show ever in, in Ring of Honor. Well, the thing is, nobody expected it to happen. And, yep. and it was perfect for me because everybody just was getting everything that they wanted, right? Nobody ever expected when they started this, this rumble that they were going to get to see Jushin Thunder Liger the not-so-great Muda, uh, hmm. it's one-on-one. And right before they could get into it, you know, your boy came in and we spoiled it. He's, and then, you know, uh, you know, Jushin Thunder Liger stuck his hand out. He, I thought he was going to shake my hand. And then the not-so-great Muda spit that nasty garbage in my face, messed my corneas up, messed my gear up. So, you know, who knew? Who knew the Japanese legends were such poor sports? <laughs> This episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. That's right, sex. Great sex. Guys, now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com is the place to go. That's right, blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. If you could benefit from more confidence, right where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. That's right. When you use the promo code EMPIRE, you pay just $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, the promo code EMPIRE, to try it for free. That's right. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Empire. That was, uh, you know, obviously the super card, but being in Madison Square Garden, having it sell out, was that a, a just a shocking moment as far as like, wow, no one would think Ring of Honor is going to sell out, you know, Madison Square Garden, it, or even being able to wrestle Madison Square Garden with WWE Stronghold? It's, uh, I mean, I'm from New York City, and I've watched uh, Macho Man wrestle at Madison Square Garden. He was my favorite at the time. I watched Hulk Hogan wrestle at Madison Square Garden, and nobody, uh, I don't think anybody would have ever told me, hey, listen, now you're going to wrestle at Madison Square Garden one day. I don't think I'd have believed you. So uh, <laughs> it was just surreal walking out. Just walking out before the show was surreal, right? Oh, it's Madison Square Garden. And actually wrestling a match, I just, just 
craziness, absolute craziness. I feel like that was so shocking at that point when ROH announced it. People were almost like, no. Like, you know, that can't be true. New Japan and Ring of Honor can't run, you know, Mass Square Garden. That's WB. That's Vince Town, right? I mean, was that the kind of general, like, shock that people were, like, like, messaging you or calling you saying, that's not really happening, is it? Yeah. It was just like, what? Is this happening? It's like, yeah, man, this is a thing. And, you know, people were just like, congratulations, because it was such a big thing that, you know, WWE was the first non-WWE show. I mean, I'm the first guy to win a match in Madison Square Garden and not work for WWE in 60 years. That's a long time for one company to have a stranglehold on one building. So, uh, you know, it just shows our growth. It just shows that, you know, we this is, we're in a spot where we can do it. You know what I mean? We sold it out. We can do it. It's it's It was a... You know, I can tell you how many times uh, you're walking out of the Hammerstein building or the the Manhattan Center that I was walking across the street and seeing Madison Square Garden and saying to myself, one day, I didn't think it would be with Ring of Honor, but uh, I knew one day would be there and it was with Ring of Honor. So that, that says everything. So cool. And you have that distinction. Like you said, 60 years, there was nobody wrestling there. You're going to win that first match. It's definitely awesome. Um, definitely something special. Being the you know a longtime fan too, uh, which I didn't realize you were from New York City. Being a longtime fan, I used to go to MSG. We're probably somewhere around the same age, but I used to go all the time as well. Obviously, Hulkster was my guy, but you know, um, I would remember that so well. I mean, having that tie into being the fan and then being the wrestler. I mean, that's got to be extra, extra special. It is. It, it, it was. It was just surreal. Even when I see pictures to this day, it's still just surreal. And the uh, Massacre Garden and, and WWE had that such you know stranglehold on, on that area and that wrestling that it was just awesome to see Ring of Honor not only run a show there but sell out. I think everyone was kind of like, oh, you know, they'll, they'll you know they'll sell some tickets because you know, have some fans in the area. But was everybody kind of generally surprised that there, it was the, not only the sellout but the quick sellout? Well, I think that uh, I, I don't think anybody was that surprised. I think that we were just at the time Ring of Honor was red hot. We've drawn record crowds everywhere we were at, and uh, and I think that it was just kind of you know par for the course um, for what we were doing, and it was just we just re- we were just really in stride, you know. So I don't think we had. I mean, I was I was I guess I was surprised, but but I wasn't surprised because I was like, damn, this is real. If it's if it's happening, why not have it sell out in in you know a few minutes? So that just again is like, damn, we're gonna have to really 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 go in there and go hard, and I think that I think we did. Now you do really have a somewhat of a, a blood feud with Silas Young for a bit over the, the TV title. He wins it in a four four way, um, then you win it back um, uh, taping in Atlanta, Georgia. Then he beats you on on the big Supercard of Honor back in 2018, Last Man Standing. Is that uh, you know a very memorable feud for you? Because I think the fans consider both you guys kind of the, you know the, those guys that are just on the cusp, not world champions, but could be world champions or always around the main event scene, but almost not quite there as far as winning the title. Is that like a big memorable feud for you guys? Because both of you guys seem like, okay, these both these guys could be a main eventer or they should be main eventers, but they're having this undercard feud that might be still in the show. Well, I think it's just one of those things where you, you uh, Silas and I are both guys that have been around for a while. We, you know, we've both been busting our ass for a long time. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, whenever you're in the spot, I mean, if, if for me, uh, whenever I hold a championship, my championship is the most important on the card. 
So if uh, you know, it doesn't matter what it is for me. If if if, if it's a world championship, a tag championship, a six man, it's the most important championship on the card. That's the way that I approach it. So I feel like both of us uh, were approaching it in that fashion, and we wanted to be, you know, the the ones to elevate the TV title, to, you know, to mm-hmm. pass the world title status. So we both approached those those series of matches. Um, with that kind of status, like nothing, nothing else really mattered to either of us at that point. So I think that's what what, what you saw uh, with me risking my life for the shooting star press off the top rope to the outside through the table was mm-hmm. that uh, you know you're not going to see anybody uh, not named Kenny King doing something like that uh, at this biggest moment of the year. Yeah, and I definitely you know remember you guys kind of going crazy, you know, so to speak, with you guys just being nuts. It's one of those things, you know, like when RVD and ECW, people consider the TV title, you know, just as important. And that is great to see that the wrestlers themselves want that distinction of, hey, if I want to hold a belt, we want to be the most important belt. You know, I love hearing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. RVD and Jerry Lynn, those, the feud over that title is, is what got me into wrestling in the first place. Uh, great feud. Uh, I just uh, remember them never having a bad match and kind of Jerry Lynn being put on the map uh, at, at that point. I mean, he's always a great wrestler, but that kind of really got him into the main event scene. The new effing show. Yeah, hell yeah. I feel like you in, in Las Vegas, I mean, it just kind of goes hand in hand. Even thinking back to Death Before Dishonor 2018, you beat Jushin Thunder Liger one-on-one. So, I mean, that had, that's another huge victory in uh, Las Vegas. Absolutely, Vegas is. Uh, if you look, if you look at the history, uh, Vegas. The only person I can't seem to beat in Vegas is Marty Scurll. But, uh, but in Vegas, when it comes to big, big matches, I'm always on point. Now, as we hit the wind down and head towards the finish line, I do want to mention the uh, Bachelor in Paradise, the Bachelorette appearances, and you kind of being a TV star and a reality star. Is that something that you just, you know, looking back, just like, oh, you know, I want to do more of this or, you know, I love my time doing this. What kind of what's your feeling on on being a part of the reality TV scene? You know, reality TV is cool. Uh, I mean, I definitely enjoyed my time on The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. I enjoy meeting all the people that that love those shows because, I mean, the the, the fan base for The Bachelor is just as rabid and excited and motivated and into it as the fan base fans so um and that, and that i didn't know i was not aware that this thing was a such a deep seated uh deep rooted um you know fixture in american pop culture like the bachelor is a real bachelor nation is a serious thing so um as far as like, doing any more of it i think i'm cool on like reality tv but you know i would like to continue and i and i am going to continue kind of uh you know my quest and you can see Kenny King's face on your TV every day, whether that be in your your favorite show or on some sort of program. But that's that's kind of the next thing once uh, once wrestling is done. But who knows when that's going to happen? So, how much of you know the Bachelor and Bachelor in pa- Bachelorette, excuse me, and Bachelor in Paradise? How much of reality is reality, and how much is kind of you playing up and you creating a character that you think the people at home will enjoy? Oh, that's a great question. Actually, that's the best way that I've ever actually been asked that question. And I've been asked 10 million questions about The Bachelor, so you should, you should pat yourself on the back for that. Um, awesome. I think that – I think it's like this, right? I don't I – don't, I, I, for me, it's like this. I didn't go on The Bachelorette saying, I'm going to go on here to fall in love. I went on The Bachelorette saying, if this person is the person for me, 
then this is the process that's just gonna that's just gonna expedite us getting to know each other and getting getting to meet each other. So um, I think that when people the, the standard question is well, how much of this is real, right? And and all of it's real. They don't. Ca- I never nobody ever handed me a script and said, hey, you have to say this, you have to act this this certain way. Um, but I think the magic is in the casting. I think they know exactly uh, how to cast. I mean, they've been doing this for 20 years, and everybody's got to go through a psyche eval, and and they know exactly how how who reacts to what. So they are very good at casting people who they know will fulfill the the necessary needs of the show. Um, so, you know, you one of the things that I liked. And uh, my, one of my best friends said to me, and, I, and I, I've never, never forgotten it, um, he said, you know, and he said this, trying to, I guess he's trying to clown me, but it came off as a compliment. But he was like, you know, the one thing is, like, I expected you to get on TV and act all different. So, but I, I, I was real proud of you, and I was telling my wife I was real proud because the same person, that, the same guy that I know that we sit here on the couch and, and mess around is the same guy that you're on The Bachelor. And I, and I didn't think that, that happened. So I, I kind of feel like that's that's – I presented myself, you know, my own authenticity, and I think a lot of the guys on my um, on my season did too, because a lot of us are still friends. We still group chat each other, so nobody was really, really faking the funk too much. Um, even though, you know, you had you had a lot of the guys who went home early that were there just to kind of to, to create uh, Instagram, you know, following for themselves and, and whatever nonsense that kind of that, that generates. But for the most part, everybody was on that authentic that I that I know and that I, I'm so cool with. And thank you for that compliment. I always feel like the producers have a hard job. Like they have to cast the right people where, like, you know, like yourself, like, okay, he's charismatic. People are going to want to watch him on TV, but also they have to be genuine and, and not just there, you know, to, to, to be creating a following. So it is for the producers. It's got to be hard because you have to find somebody charismatic, but they kind of have to want to be there, but they also kind of have to have a personality. They can't just be a boring, you know, schmuck on TV. Absolutely. So, you know, they got their work cut out for them, but that's, I guess, why they get paid the medium-sized bucks. <laughs> yes. Now, you know, you've also been on Tough Enough as well, WWE Tough Enough, and, and, and that is a reality show of a whole different experience. You finished fourth place on the second season. What was that experience like? It's, you know, it's reality TV, but it's really training to be a professional wrestler. It was nothing like the freaking bachelor, I can tell you that much. And, and <laughs> I tell you what, I uh, I thought I walked into the bachelor thing, it was going to be like Tough Enough, and I was completely – um, wrong in that respect too. Um, Tough Enough was so long ago, um, but it was it was a, an amazing experience because uh, just being able to—I mean, I, I was—I'm a, a big time. I was a wrestling fan, so just being able to like see Al Snow every day and and see Bob Holly, and then you know you see them, and then you realize, oh man, they're gonna beat my ass for the next eight hours, uh, and that wears off pretty quick. But just um, you know, tough enough was 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 real real dope. Like I, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Um, it was just uh, for a young a young kid uh, trying to get in the wrestling business. Uh, you can't find a better place to do it than what well, I mean, getting your ass brutalized for twelve weeks straight on MTV. But uh, it worked out all right. I, 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 tough. I have literally nothing bad to say about tough enough, even though the the results were a little screwy. Hmm. Absolutely. 
Now, as far as kind of, you know, some favorite matches, we mentioned some favorite moments and some matches, Kushida um, winning the tag titles, uh, the Honor Rumble, but do you have some other kind of favorite matches you had? Because, I mean, you've been in there with a lot of guys that are just all on TV all over the place. Obviously, you know, Cody Rhodes, uh, Austin Aries, Adam Page, you know, those guys of the world, uh, Rob Van Dam, of course, and uh, Eric Young. But do you have some, you know, favorite matches or favorite opponents you've had throughout your career? Yeah, uh, man, one of I always say this. I was talking about you know Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn being um, being just inspirations when like watching like oh my god these guys are so good. And then you know fast forward in my career I had the opportunity to work with both Rob and Jerry. Like I got to beat Rob Van Dam for the X Division Championship. Like that's not even a real. That shouldn't even be a real thing, but it is. Um, and that's. You know, some of these things are like the the 10-year-old fan kid in me just doesn't even believe that it happened. Um, I got to, you know, MVP and I got to wrestle the Hardys. Uh, that was outrageous. Um, you know, I've, I've been really blessed. I've been really blessed to be in the ring with Jushin Thunder Liger on multiple occasions. Um, I really, really liked wrestling Kyle O'Reilly. I'd like to get, be able to wrestle Kyle again. I've, I'd like to be able to wrestle Roddy again. Uh, so, I, you know, now that I sit here and think about all these matches that I've that I've had, it was just amazing, amazing opponents. Um, the Briscoes, every single time I get to wrestle the Briscoes, I feel like, I, you know, I, I, it's a treat. They're so good. Um, yeah, I don't know if I missed any, but just those couple of matches, I think, are just, if I could, ha- I could hang those up on my mantle and be like, yeah, these are, these are some of the guys that in my career I got to share the ring with. Do you have some dream matches, like guys that you never wrestled that you always want to wrestle? Not necessarily like, oh, Macho Man or something, but guys that you can actually kind of get out there on the scene today and actually wrestle. AJ Styles. Thanks. Oh, no, AJ never Styles. wrestled AJ. Wow, okay. Never wrestled AJ Styles. Every time AJ and I have been in a company, uh, he, he leaves shortly after or I leave shortly, shortly after. Uh, I've never wrestled AJ. I would love to wrestle Shelton in a one-on-one match. Um who else? Who's possible uh, that I could wrestle here? Um, is there anybody here that I haven't wrestled that I'd like to? Uh, I'd like to wrestle Matt Taven in a one-on-one match. I mean, we've never had a one-on-one. We've had a couple of uh, three ways, four, uh, yeah. a couple yes, three four ways, four way up. Um, yeah, I think the, the the big fish on my on my wall uh, I, I'm saving is is AJ. That would be awesome, and it's crazy because you guys have crossed paths. It's just crazy to think that it haven't wrestled. It's, it's I don't yeah. know. It's just funny to me sometimes, like that that guys can be in the same company, and be like, wait, they never wrestle. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean, up until up until our very first match in Toronto, uh, I had never wrestled Jay Lethal before. I uh, there's PJ Black out there. <laughs> uh, I'd never wrestled Jay Lethal. I, we, Jay Lethal and I had only been in the ring one other time together, and that was uh, I was myself, G, Jay Lethal, and Lance Hoyt against Team Canada in some pay per view in TNA in 2006. So it's it's crazy how how wrestling goes. Wow, that's crazy. Now, where do you see? Kenny King and the KING, where do you see yourself in, let's just say, five years or so down the road? I mean, dominating Ring of Honor, world champion. Like, where do you see yourself? Uh, five years from now, I'll definitely be world, world champion. Um, you know, uh, I, I love my current home. Uh, if, it, if it's here, 
it'd be fantastic. But if it's New Japan, uh, fantastic. I just know that I'll probably, I, I will be, in five years, I'll be on the level that, uh, well, you know, that I, I, everybody will finally see the level that, I, that I've always been on. Uh, world champion, I'll be, I'll have my cemented my place. Uh, who knows? I've probably done a movie or two by then. I love that attitude. I love it. Now, what, just one other final thing for me, because I was looking at, you know, who you were trained by and stuff like that, and I was like, wait a second, trained by Nick Bockwinkle. Is Nick that true? The, yeah. the legend? Wow. Yeah. How did that How did that go down? That's awesome. So after Tough Enough, um, I went to a place. After Tough Enough, I, I was determined not to be one of those guys that um, – that got you know laughed out of the ring on the indies. Like, oh, I was on Tough Enough, and they tried to wrestle matches, and there were the shits. It was a bunch of people that that happened to uh, around my time. So, I did, I wanted to train for a while, um, and I got an email from a place called the Las Vegas Pro Wrestling Academy, <laughs> and it was just like, hey, look, you know, uh, we, we we know that you live here. If you want, we'll trade your tuition for some pictures on the internet, like. Okay, sweet. So I'd go, uh, and one of the head trainers there was a guy named Cowboy Scott Casey. I don't know if you know that name, but he trained Booker T. Um, and Nick Blackwinkle would come in on Fridays and do our promos. And so Nick would Nick would he'd give you you know an assignment, and you'd get he'd give you maybe like a minute or two to think about it, and then we'd film live promos, and Nick would be the interviewer. Um, and you, you know, he, and uh, okay, what do you have to say about that, Kenny? And he would destroy you. He would eat your promos alive. He would make you feel terrible about yourself. Uh, but then, as all good coaches do, he would always put you back together. He would always make sure that you know you knew why your promos sucked. He knew why you were putting, oh, you're putting me to sleep, but this is why. And I think this is. Uh, why I'm if I am great at promos you know I am but if I am it's because I had so many Fridays and so many hours just picked apart and put back together by Nick Bockwinkle who is one of the finest promos in the entire uh, pro wrestling universe ever so uh, you know Bockwinkle was a very 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 instrumental part early on uh, in, in the young Kenny King's career that is a cool story and kind of like an interesting way to kind of have a connection to Nick Bockwinkle. I don't know, for some reason, I was like, really? Trained by Nick Bockwinkle? That is awesome. Very, very, very cool stuff. Uh, very old school. For a lot of the uh, old, old, you know older fans or you know fan, historians, uh, Nick Bockwinkle means a lot. Legend and huge, obviously, AWA world champion. Gigantic legend in every, word, in every sense of the word. Now, as far as some plugs and some social media, please uh, give us – Everything you got as far as, you know, what you got going on, obviously, with Ring of Honor, but also your plugs. Uh, well, you know, catch, catch us on Ring of Honor, right? Uh, Honor Club, ROHWrestling.com, uh, greatest pro wrestling on the planet. Um, should you need to, you know, go back and, and, and catch yourself up on anything, Honor Club, we're dumping. I don't want to misrepresent but there's a whole bunch of new matches they're jumping on the honor club every single week uh everything from cm punk to samoa joe to alifaxian gornobles versus villain enterprises if you need to get back on ring of honor go to honor club as for me the king you can find me on all social media at kenny king pb2 instagram uh twitter TikTok, TikTok's my new obsession. Um, but yeah, you can find me on all of those at Kenny King PB2. Give me a follow, show me some love, I'll show it right back. All right, awesome stuff. And Kenny, 
good luck with everything going on in Ring of Honor, and hopefully everything works out with the bubble and you guys now moving forward as you tape some tapings because we're missing out on some content here, and, you know, the fans need some of their ROH. We got you. We're going to keep all the Lou Williams out so that we can provide you guys with some content. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.